It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 16th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I'm a staff of one, so we're fully staffed, but Orlando Magic, we're not. We're going to talk about their incredible win over the Los Angeles Lakers at the Staples Center. And more specifically, we'll talk about how Aaron Gordon took flight in that game and continued, hopefully, a positive trend for him as we pass the midpoint of the season. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, it's podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to wallow. I guess they're, they're wallowing. Want to revel in the beauty of a Los Angeles Lakers defeat to the Orlando Magic. Drink up those tears. You can check out Locked On Lakers. They do a great job covering the Los Angeles Lakers. You want to get yourself set for Thursday's game because the Magic jump out of the pan and into the fire. Get set for Thursday's game against the LA Clippers. Check out Locked On Clippers. And, and again, looking ahead to Saturday, you can check out Locked On Warriors as well. No matter the team that you're interested in hearing about or reveling in their defeat or wallowing with them in their in their defeat as well. The Brooklyn Nets taking a, a loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. Might want to study up on them a little bit too. Uh, Locked On Nets has you covered there. Uh, no matter what team you're interested in hearing about, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we have great national podcasts, Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show. So there is a podcast to cover any interest that you might have. Download your favorite podcast today, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, MLB, or College 2, that you could find a Locked On podcast to fit to, for your team. Check it out wherever you download podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Shortly before tip-off, the news came down. Evan Fournier would not be able to play in... Wednesday's game with a, a knee injury. So he banged knees or did something to his knee, got kicked. He, I think he said he got kicked. Might have been that, that one where he got kicked where you don't want to get kicked. Uh, he, he, he did something to his knee over the course of the game against the Sacramento Kings on Monday. And so he was out of the lineup. Previously announced, Michael Carter-Williams, not yet ready to play. Getting closer, but not yet ready. The, the Magic kind of saying that the goal is that he'll be back and back for good rather than back and having to start and stop. They don't want to bring him back before he's ready. And then DJ Augustine also out with the knee soreness acting up again. He said he'll get an MRI, it sounds like, on Thursday 
Um, I would not suspect he will play in Thursday's game against the Clippers uh, for the record. So add it all up and the Magic are down two of the three-point guards having cut Josh Majette on Monday. Or on Tuesday, sorry. They're down two of their point, two of their three-point guards. Their top scorer. And yeah, several rotation players in Alfred Camino and Jonathan Isaac. It has been a hard luck year for injuries. And for a Magic team that is, again, essentially a 500 team going up against the very best team in the Western Conference, a team that had won nine straight games and won them by an average of 15 points per game. It seemed like a very, 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 very tall task for this Magic team to come out with a win. But, you know, if there's one thing we know about this Magic team, if there's one thing that has been the constant for this group, for better or for worse, the one thing that has held serve throughout this entire season, this team's going to fight. This team does not go down without a fight. This team does not quit. They may not be efficient. They may not be always effective, but they are a tough out every time. And with all these injuries, all of a sudden it felt like the magic. We're going to have to put on more than just a fight. We're going to have to put on an incredible effort. But from the very beginning of this game, the magic had that energy and that effort, a focus and resolve that they really haven't had all year. Uh, Maybe a desperation or urgency, if you will, knowing that any little mistake would throw them off course, and this team believed that they could win. And as Orlando opened up as much as a 21-point lead in the second half, playing on the backs of B.J. Johnson and the recently signed Gary Clark in the first half to build their lead, building off the energy from Wessel Wundu getting out in transition or just using their defense, sometimes switching to a 2-3 zone and creating turnovers out of that, trying desperately to to hold the the Lakers down and keep LeBron James from getting out of control. The Magic held the game in their grasps. They were the team that was more aggressive, more assertive, more energized. The Lakers were the ones that had to find their energy and find their way. That, of course, wouldn't last. They have LeBron James. They are the best team in the Western Conference. The Magic undermanned and it always felt a little dangerous. Magic up by, I think it was 13, with four minutes to go, but already slipping. The Lakers finished the third quarter on a 22-2 run to get it within one. And it felt like this plucky, underdog, undermanned Magic team is going to fade away. And in fact, the Lakers did take the lead by as much as four points in the fourth quarter. It did really feel like this Magic team had enough. They had the fight, but just didn't have quite enough to get over the finish line or to get to the finish line even. And the Lakers being the supremely good team that they are, as they did against the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, two nights before, gave up a little bit of a lead early, but ultimately pushed ahead for the win because their talent was too overwhelming. And with all the three-pointers the Lakers were making, and how lo- not necessarily lost the Magic defense look, but how the Magic couldn't score enough, their best player, Nikola Vucevic, getting good shots, but being unable to, to, to make them, and the Lakers answering with three-pointers, it, it felt like the Magic weren't going to have enough. 
Things change quickly, though. And the Magic never really gave up on this game, never really gave up, never really lost their composure. Even during that 22-2 run, they were still working and getting good shots. They were still contesting a lot of those three-pointers, maybe doubling on LeBron a little bit too much. But they were still in the fight. And eventually they got the shots to go down. Markel Fultz finding Nikola Vucevic for a three-pointer. Nikola Vucevic on a few possessions earlier getting a, a goal 10. And Orlando was back in the lead and back in control. Up by four with about a minute to play. LeBron hits, hits a three-pointer. And all of a sudden it's time to hit the launch pad. It's time to, to find a way to squeeze out that last little bit of juice, that last little bit. And that's when Aaron Gordon took flight for really the, the second time in the game, or the final time in the game. With the defense scrambling to try and cover shooters, shooters, Aaron Gordon faked a pass to Terrence Ross in the corner and saw both his men, in the same way that Darren Fox faked everyone out to Nemanja Bialica in Monday's game, got both defenders to chase him. And the runway was open for Aaron Gordon. And there is nothing more dangerous in this league than Aaron Gordon with a runway. He took it, taking big bounds and jumping high into the air as Aaron Gordon does, getting pushed in midair by JaVale McGee, trying desperately to keep Gordon from getting to the basket. And Gordon laid in a one-handed thunderous slam, getting the Staples Center crowd and, you know, say what you want about the Lakers, the Staples Center is one of the best atmospheres in the league. And, and, and they are engaged, when they are engaged in a game and, and that crowd is buzzing, it is a special feeling. Gordon had them buzzing and the, Gordon had the magic up by four. That's not the end of things, though. LeBron James is still there. He hit a three. He answered the and one and brought the lead back to one. It wouldn't be Aaron Gordon's heroics. As good as he was, as good as he was defending LeBron James all night. James, 19 points on 9 for 19 shooting. The Ma- or 7 for 19 shooting, actually. The Magic did an extremely good job on him. No, this game was going to get closed by the real hero of this game. The real person who took, the, took to the forefront without Evan Fournier and displayed... Pretty much everything that Magic fans have wanted to see from him. Marco Fultz recorded his triple-double about two minutes ago, finding Vucevic for a three. That gave that was a big three, a big three and a big moment for the Magic, especially with the way Vucevic played all game. But it was Fultz finishing at the basket, finishing around JaVale McGee on one occasion, finishing through LeBron James in the second. That delivered, that delivered Orlando a lead. Where Orlando struggled to finish in Phoenix and Sacramento, and Phoenix especially for Marco Fultz, where he made the crucial mistake that cost them that game. Fultz drove without fear, got to the basket, and scored. And as he scored that final layup, putting the Magic up by four, he collapsed at center court, playing, having played 33 minutes, the most he's played in any game this year. Cramping. He and this Magic team had given it their all. From Gary Clark scoring 10 points, to B.J. Johnson scoring 9, to the bench lifting the Magic up to a double-digit lead and pushing the pace, and Wessel Wundu scoring a career-high 19, and Aaron Gordon doing his thing, and Nikola Vucevic shaking off 
a terrible, terrible game that almost cost the Magic the victory, shaking it off to hit the big shots when this Magic team needed them. At a certain point, Orlando they, Orlando always believed they were going to win this game. Or they could win this game. But at a certain point, Orlando understood they had to win this game. And if you're looking for some sign that this team has turned some corner, Steve Clifford said after the game, you know, they, the last eight or nine games, the Magic have started to get it. And we know what happens when they get it. When they get it, they were one of the best teams in the league last year. But if you're looking, you know, if you're looking for a sign that Orlando has turned some corner, it's that they missed so many players, and yet they ne- didn't miss a beat. Their defense was just as effective and just as deadly, even as the Magic experimented with his own defense. It had its moments, it had its struggles, transition opportunities were bad, the Magic made tons of mistakes, especially in that third quarter. But Orlando was still unmistakably playing Magic basketball. When they needed to lock in, they locked in and beat a Lakers team that was lethargic and, you know, frankly, maybe a little uninterested in playing the Magic. Certainly not playing at the defensive intensity that you would expect one of the best defenses in the league to play with. Especially against an undermanned team like the Magic. a still a flawed team that, despite the addition of B.J. Johnson, um, still doesn't have a lot of shooting on the floor at all times. Fultz led the way. The ball was in his hands. He was the one controlling the pace and, and pulling the strings all night long. He was, in many ways, the best player on the floor for the Magic. And it wasn't just about his assists, and it wasn't just about him uh, you know, recording the triple-double. It was he was everywhere, in the paint, making a living, finding guys, just keeping the Lakers' defense off balance. It was probably his best game in a Magic uniform. And Orlando got that from so many players, from several players. But if there is a positive sign to come out of this game, as well as the game on Monday against the Sacramento Kings, if there is a positive to take, it is that Aaron Gordon took flight and that Aaron Gordon looked like the player that we know he can be and we know that he is. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. This weekend, though, is conference championship weekend in the NFL. We're, we're in the final four as we as we get ready for the Super Bowl. Pro Bowl next week in Orlando, of course, so you have that to get excited about. But certainly everyone's focused on the two matchups in the in the in the in the NFC and AFC championship game this weekend. And if you're the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it, then my bookie is the place for you. They let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between so all the things going on right now, between football season, the NBA, college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. They have all kinds of wagers and all kinds of types of wagers that you can you can sp- you can spend. But if if you saw uncut gems, you you might be curious what is a parlay. It's a very common type of bet. If you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching from the couch with nothing to gain? 
MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and get you back in the game with this special limited time offer. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Who doesn't love free money? Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate this offer. Locked on NBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. We'll talk about Aaron Gordon and a little more specificity here in a little bit, but 21 points, 7 for 12 shooting, 1 for 3 from beyond the arc, 6 for 8 from the foul line, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 turnovers, 2 steals. Um, overall, a really, really nice game from Aaron Gordon. I know the turnovers are probably a little bit high. I didn't realize they were that high, actually. But more importantly, for a game where Evan Fournier's not in the game, so there's more shots to go around. It, it, you know, I jokingly said, if Aaron, you know, when, when it was clear that Evan Fournier wasn't going to play, I jokingly tweeted out, you know, if Aaron, if Aaron Gordon wants to go for 50, now's the chance. And, and that was kind of a trolling tweet. I apologize. Um, but... We know Aaron has a tendency to go look for his own shots and try and work for his own shots a little bit too much. And, you know, without Evan Forty in there, this was the time for him to do that. But you got to give Aaron a lot of credit. One of the things that I think he did really, really well in this game was he looked to move the ball. He made quick decisions. He wasn't, you know, except for maybe one or two possessions, he still did it. But except for one or two possessions, he wasn't dribbling around trying to, like, create an isolation set. He was trying to get others involved. He was trying to make quick moves and trying to make quick baskets. And, you know, he made a lot of big plays in this game. Um, off, we'll talk about his offensive production here in a moment, but defensively, he was really good on LeBron James. I know LeBron's final stat line looks pretty solid. 19 points, 19 assists, 7 for 19, shooting 2 for 9 from beyond the arc. Five turnovers for LeBron James. Gordon was, was so disciplined. He did a really good job staying down, uh, not biting on fakes, not fouling. He had two stu- he had two silly fouls in the game. Like nothing, nothing crazy. Two of his four fouls were not good fouls, but nothing crazy. Nothing that really hurt the team in the end. Um, he did such a good job just kind of making LeBron's life hard. I think LeBron got one layup off off Gordon, and that was it. Everything else was on the perimeter. Everything else was forcing him to become a passer. And and so I, you know, you tip your hat off to Aaron Gordon. He played a really strong defensive game. We'll talk more about Gordon here in just a moment. Markel Fultz, though, 21 points, 9 for 19 shooting, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. Fultz was everywhere. When when people talked about what Markel Fultz could be in this league, this is the Markel Fultz they're talking about, maybe with a three-point shot, but he didn't take any three-pointers in this game. Fultz was able to get to the basket whenever he wanted. He was able to make a living in the paint. He was making these incredible passes all night, just on a dime through tight windows. It's His, his playmaking is... It's been a long time since the Magic had a playmaker. I, I, I got myself into trouble on Twitter as I, as I asked, you know, is Marco Fultz already the best passer the Magic have had? And that was perhaps intentionally incendiary, and I think I kind of backtracked within the tweet. So, you know, people were like saying, oh, you should delete this. I'm like, 
no, no, no. I backtracked it. I, I, I you know, I, I said what I felt at the time, and, and Twitter's supposed to be, you know, kind of instantaneous reactions. So I, 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 I've got no shame in that. But, um, you know, certainly the best passer the Magic have had since probably Rafer Alston in in '09. Um, I, I would think that we can already put him in the in the club with guys like Penny Hardaway, guys like Scott Skiles, the the, the absolute best passers, dimers on the on in the team's history. He is just putting passes on a rope to guys, and really he should have had more assists because he was working with Nikola Vucevic a lot, especially in the third quarter, and Vucevic was missing a lot of shots that Fultz was delivering to him. Just kind of golden plate jumpers that that you expect Vuce to make and kind of the kind of shots that you you believe Vuce can make, but um, it, it was... Fultz was just everywhere. Fultz was doing whatever he wanted, and and the Lakers had no answer. The Lakers couldn't slow him down. They, they put Danny Green on him. Um, you know, I mentioned this during the game. Ultimate sign of respect from the Lakers. They took Avery Bradley or Quinn Cook off of off of Fultz and put Danny Green on him. Danny Green is one of the best defenders in the league. Um, you know, when when the Raptors struggled to to guard DJ Augustine, they put Danny Green on him last year, and that changed the series. Uh, second half of Game One, that changed the series. That adjustment, the Magic forced that first big adjustment, and the Magic lost a lot from having Danny Green guarding DJ Augustine. So. I don't think that's nothing. And and the fact that Fultz broke it down is probably a good sign for Orlando anyway. Um, but Fultz got where he wanted. He made two humongous shots at the end of the game. Uh, you know, he iced this game. The match grew up by one. Fultz made two shots to make it three again. Um, so uh, absolutely critical play for Marco Fultz all night long. Um, he, you know, he gets a, a I, I don't hand out A pluses very, very freely. He got an A plus for me in my grades post and, and he deserved all of it. Nikola Vucevic, though, much different story. 19 points, 7 for 18, shooting 3 for 7 from beyond the arc, only 4 rebounds and 2 assists. Vucevic struggled in this one, and, and it was hard to defend him defend him at all because at the end of the day, this is a results-driven business, and, and Vucevic, as the team star, is one of the most important players on the team, is a guy who's going to get 18 shots, and, and it's not crazy for him to get 18 shots. He was missing shots he has to make. Orlando, during the third quarter, the Lakers went on a 22-2 run to cut a 21-point deficit down to one. And a lot of the reason that run happened is because the Magic set up Nikola Vucevic for shots, for post-ups, for mid-range jumpers, for three-pointers, and Vucevic just could not hit. And it was frustrating to watch because that, that's, you know, again, Vucevic's primary contribution is his offense. And, and, and the Magic were getting stuck. The Lakers were turning up the screws a little bit. And they kept executing really, really well, and Vucevic just dropped the ball. You know, I'm someone that says if you're executing well, if you're getting good players, the open shots that you want, which I think they were with Vucevic, then you live with the result, whether they go in or not. You live with that because you trust that he will make them again. And and they're certainly a subset of fans that don't have any trust for Vucevic or, you know, you know, kind of pounce any time that he struggles. He struggled mightily in this game, but to his credit, he stuck with it. Had his struggles defensively, especially keeping contact with JaVale McGee early, but he stuck with the game. He did not let the bad shooting get to him, and Vucevic made two humongous baskets at the end of the game. He had a layup that was goaltended that gave Orlando a four-point lead. He hit a three-pointer that extended a one-point lead back out to four, uh, and that was Fultz's 10th assist for a second career triple-double. Vucevic did good things in this game. It does not show up on the box score because he did not convert those good things. 
And that's the big thing right now for Vucevic is his shooting is just way down for whatever reason. Some of it is the injuries. His lateral movement is certainly affected by the injuries that, that this team has suffered. Um, but but Vucevic has to deliver on, on the floor. And that, that's that's an absolute truth from him. Wessel Wundu, though, had a career night. 19 points, 5 for 8 shooting, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 turnovers. Um, it, it, Wundu was impressive. Uh, this was a game... Where I mean, this was a game where the Magic needed someone to pick up the energy, and and one dude playing in Fournier's spot, he was never going to replace Fournier shooting, but they needed someone to just kind of keep the energy going and get the team's energy up and 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 kind of have a fearlessness about them. And a one dude had that all night long. He was getting out in transition. He was leaking out. He was getting uh, layups. He created steals. He he did a lot of really good things. I mean, this was a one dude obviously a career high nineteen points. This was Iwundu's best game of his career, of his three-year career. This, this, I think this is his best game. He played exceptionally well. He had, uh, he did a really good job, um, just just doing playing his role. And you know, I say this about Aaron Gordon a lot. When you play your role, when you do your job, the ball finds you in places that you can score. Iwundu was shooting confidently. He made some outside shots, and that obviously added to his and the team's confidence. But overall, Iwundu was was just so solid all night long. There's really not not much more to say than that. The two other guys that I want to point out and give complete props to, B.J. Johnson, 9 points, 4 for 10 shooting. Gary Clark, uh, 10 points, 4 for 6 shooting, including 2 for 4 from beyond the arc. Both guys, they have not played a lot with this Magic team. They were called into duty, and they both delivered. B.J. Johnson in the second quarter uh, did a really good job getting out in transition, getting some steals, you know, finishing... Uh, he, had a, he had a couple threes as well. Gary Clark uh, uh, as well doing a really good job spacing the floor. Really good job on the glass. Uh, I, I, three offensive rebounds. He worked really hard on the glass, and, and he definitely looks like someone that's going to fit in with this team. And, and defensively, you expected him to because that's his reputation. Um, but, you know, the, the three-point shooting is any, any measure. Uh, it's certainly very, very good. That, that second unit extended the lead out in the second quarter. It was the same group that kind of gave up the lead in the third quarter, so mixed bag on that front. But... Both guys played really, really hard. You know, you hope that they can keep finding an opportunity, that they can keep finding a spot on the floor somewhere. I, I think Gary Clark certainly will. Um, you know, B.J. Johnson shot himself a little bit out of the game in the second half, which, which you know, something that he does sometimes with Lakeland. Um, but overall, really nice outing for both of them. Both had their welcome to the NBA moments uh, in Staples Center, and both were, were key contributors to this win. The Orlando Magic defeat the Los Angeles Lakers 119-118. to they shoot 46.2%, 10 for 26 from beyond the arc, 23 for 29 from the foul line. They commit 14 turnovers, a high number of turnovers for Orlando. The Lakers shoot 49.5% from the floor, 15 for 38 from beyond the arc, so they shoot a lot of threes. They make a lot of threes, uh, and, the, and that's what really kept the Lakers in this game and got the Lakers back into this game. Um, Orlando forces 16 turnovers, though, uh, and of course they, get, they, just, they simply get the job done. They make the plays they have to make down the stretch to win this game. The Orlando Magic defeat the Los Angeles Lakers 119-118. The Magic back in action again Thursday at the Staples Center against the LA Clippers. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Before the season began, we all talked a lot about the potential of this team and the potential of how this team advances before you know we before the injury bug struck before everything else sort of the, the obsession or, or or maybe the the one of the big things that we assumed about this season was that Aaron Gordon would take his next steps you expected Nikola Vucevic to drop down a little bit and 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 maybe lose, regress a little bit to his mean. We expected, you know, Jonathan Isaac to take a little step forward. We, we we expect, you know, we didn't know what to expect from Marco Fultz, you know. But generally, the thing that we all said had to happen if the Magic were going to take the next step to really compete for home court advantage, as some people thought they might, was it had to be Aaron Gordon making the growth. It had to be Aaron Gordon taking the quote-unquote star leap. And, you know, maybe there wasn't an urgency. I don't think there's an urgency to trade him at all, but certainly Orlando needed to understand and see if the Gordon-Isaac pairing could work long-term because Isaac's their long-term plan there. And if they wanted to win, they needed to see Aaron Gordon step up to the plate. This season then on that front has been a disaster for Aaron Gordon. His scoring average is down to 13 points per game. He's averaging a career low in field goal percentage. He's shooting under 30% from beyond the arc for just the second time in his career, the other time being his rookie year. The seeming inevitable progress for Gordon offensively hasn't really come. That inevitable progress is stagnated or hit a little bit of a wall. Some of that certainly due to the injuries. Gordon got popped in the jaw during training camp or during the preseason uh, and missed some time then. He sprained his ankle in late November and, you know, has been dealing with these this, this calf, hamstring, ankle issue that seems to stem from coming back too soon from the, the original ankle injury. Orlando held him out of, of uh, Friday's game against the Suns and Gordon came back and had a very nice game Monday against the Kings, including the game-winning basket. But... Regardless, it, Gordon hasn't looked completely right all year. That is until Wednesday night. Wednesday night against the Los Angeles Lakers. Gordon hit what, what he called the launch pad on that big dunk late in the game. It was like Gordon was playing NBA 2K. You know, if you played NBA 2K, there's a, there's a, there's a section in the My Player mode called the cages when they have trampolines on the on the on the ground and and you have to navigate your way through the trampolines there's no goaltending there's no out of bounds it's kind of a free for all
And it looked like Gordon had jumped off one of those trampolines when McGee tried to shove him in midair and prevent him from getting to the basket and foul him before he could get the shot off and, or put the ball in the net. Too late. Gordon is just that crazy athletic. And for all the talk of his skills and all the talk of how he has to improve offensively, at his core, this is who Aaron Gordon is. He is a guy you get on the open floor and let him fly to the rim. He isn't a dribble move, you know, you know, dribble dribble into oblivion type guy. He's not even really a post-up player, although he's gotten a lot better there. He is an open floor runner. Give him a runway, give him some space, and he will throw one down. And there's not a lot opponents can do about it when he has that kind of space. Again, just ask JaVel McGee. It'd be one thing if that were the only time he did it, but there were three other dunks in this game from Aaron Gordon that just made you go, whoa. Midway through the third quarter, trapped at the elbow, he turned, saw the defender playing a little bit off him, and proceeded to do the T-Mac, throwing the ball off the backboard and dunking it with one hand. An impressive one hand, too. Hanging a little bit on the rim just for good measure. That got the internet buzzing. The second one, not as big, not as as flashy, but just as impressive dunking over a couple of Laker players. And then finally, the push foul that put the Magic up four. Late in the game. A big shot, a big play from Aaron Gordon, a great read and a quick reaction. Exactly how Aaron Gordon needs to play. Aaron Gordon took flight again Wednesday night, and that is extremely good to see. Because this year has been especially tough for him. He's never been fully healthy, never been consistently healthy enough to play to his full capabilities. And it sounds like, you know, I don't think he'd use it as an excuse, but it sure sounds like that's sort of what he believes too. Because he's tried to play through the lingering ankle issue, just trying to do anything he can to help the team. It's noble. But Gordon is now the team's X factor. I, I think I, I, I think Josh Robbins of The Athletic wrote an article coming out of Monday's game when Gordon hit the game-winning shot. Where Steve Clifford said, Gordon's our X-Factor now. We know what we're going to get from Vucevic. We know what we're going to get from Fournier. We, uh, to some extent, we know what we're going to get from Foltz. And certainly from Terrence Ross. What we don't know yet is what Aaron Gordon gives you. Is what is Aaron Gordon going to be every night? Is he going to be kind of the muddling player that struggled through this season and, and, and really can't be in late in games because he can't shoot? Or is he going to be what he was for this team last year? A quality shooter, uh, an ace defender, and... Maybe something a little bit more. For now, it's just been a matter of getting Aaron Gordon healthy. Getting Aaron Gordon back on the court and getting Aaron Gordon back on the court healthy and playing consistently and just getting into a rhythm. That, more than anything else, has been what Gordon has missed, is that rhythm. And maybe he found it Wednesday night. And if he did... Now that the Magic have passed the halfway point of the season and the playoffs are firmly in sight. If he did, then the rest of the league might be in trouble over the second half of the season.
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. Though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.